Hello everybody, it's David Redden here and for the first time, I'm looking forward to this very much. It's Fruity Hats and the Big Man having a podcast together and without any further ado, I'd love to introduce Ben Mitchell and Jared Hatton, members of the Riverina side that played in the country final last week and of course both of them New South Wales country cricketers. Fruity and Hats, hello gentlemen, how are you? G'day, G'day David, how are you? Very good, thank you. And, Thanks uh, for having me. Uh, Absolutely. Pleasure. No, we, I promised we'd do this last week and I'm, I'm keeping my word and hopefully we can do it more than once if we enjoy it, fellas. So, first... Got to be to you, my boys. Now, guys, first of all, the Country Championship Finals played at Seaford Oval in Goulburn last Sunday. Um, Riverina and Newcastle having a ding-dong battle there in Goulburn. Um, Newcastle won, lost the toss. Um, and this is something I'd love to talk to the two of you about first of all to get straight into it. Newcastle lost the toss. Zach Simmons sent Newcastle in. Was that always the plan, or did the did the side have a look at the deck and think that that was the best thing to do, particularly based on your experiences playing there in the last couple of years, fellas? Um, it was our plan. Uh, me, Zach, and our coach, Trent Ball, sat down the night before and, and spoke about our best chance of probably winning. Yes. Uh, and Trent, Trent had, a, had a few stats... Um, in regards to it, and basically uh, something like four of the last six country championship games at Goulburn had been won by the side chasing. Um, we successfully chased twice in Goulburn in the round games. Yes. And the the, the game that we uh, the game that we batted first, um, I guess, just didn't feel as comfortable as as when we were we were chasing. Yep. Um, and and then on the flip of that, uh, just going through the Newcastle scores from the last few years, um, I think it's fair to say that probably the New South uh, the Newcastle top order um, is is maybe a little bit vulnerable, even though there there are plenty of good players in there. Um, we were just hoping we could we could catch the middle order on the hop, hopefully, and and yeah, we we just thought it was probably our best chance of winning. Um, yeah, and that was that was probably. I think we knew what how the pitch would play before we turned up. Yes. Um, so yeah, I don't think the pitch had had much to do with it. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's where we were coming from. Um, can I ask you both? Did the did, was the pitch extremely similar to when you played on it in November? You played a prowl, um, yep. Yeah. Um, it was it was similar. It was probably a little bit better. Okay. Um, we only played on it day one in the pool games, and, and it wasn't great. Um, all reports were it improved the second and the third day. Um, but in saying that, the, the balls that were jumping off the back of a length, um, that wasn't happening in the round games. So, yeah, it, it definitely... Definitely didn't turn as much in the final as what it did in the round game. Ah, that's really interesting. You were telling me when we were in Goulburn that the other ground prel turns basically square ball one. Um, I yeah. did. I, I, I in watching in commentary from our position at long long off. I thought that the ball turned a bit, but it was not what you'd call sharp or vicious turn, was it? No, no, no it's, it's really, really slow. Oh, off the deck. Yeah. I, yes, it wasn't a fast deck at all, was it? 
Uh, Jared, two spells for you, and um, interesting to watch you go about it in the second spell, bowling late, going around the wicket and bowling very full Yorkers. I suspect that that's something that you've perfected because you hit the you hit the length of the crease particularly well. Is that something you've been doing for a while, bowling in your second spell? Uh, I haven't actually done a hell of a lot this season so far, but in recent times, prior to my injury, yeah, it's something that I've tried to get good at. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of come a little bit naturally because of, um, I guess all the work I did put into it, um, previously, but it's not something that I've done a hell of a lot this year, but when I have done, it's kind of worked pretty well. Um, so it's something I'll definitely, I guess, venture into, um, in the late part of the season coming to finals, especially. So, um, yeah, it worked well and I was really happy that I was able to hit the chalk more often than not. Um, and it was kind of hard. Um, I guess for the batter or the bat, the batsman to get us or to get me away. Um, so it was good pressure, um, and not I didn't get wickets from it. But at, at that end of the at that end of the innings, as you know, David, um, you know dots and ones are a goal. So I was pretty happy with that. Well, I think it had a lot to do with the fact that the score didn't get to 200, 205 instead it was kept yeah. at one hundred and eighty. Um, is yeah. that something that you did quite a bit when you were at Janindera? Yeah, and like through the comets and stuff. So obviously training, you know, three to four times a week. Um, I had access to, to the practice and the necessary, like the coaching, I guess. Um, so yeah, it was something I did practice quite a bit, uh, especially with all formats. Obviously up there, you've got the T20 stuff, the one day stuff, and then the two to three day format. And then being in the comet squad, you're practicing for four day games, and then you know. Um, the one-day stuff and the short format. So, yeah, it was something I did practice practice regularly um, and I had the right support around me. So, yeah. Fruity, uh, talk us through the run-out. You look like you were claiming that one. Was it uh, just a touch of a finger or did you get a fair bit of that one when you ran chatty out? No, I stopped it with the right hand and flicked it with the left. Ah, I see, because I, I could see your reaction, and uh, yeah, he was clearly caught short. That was very clever, and it changed the game to a certain extent because Van Kemenade and Chad were bowling along at three and a half, four and over without too much difficulty, I thought. And then uh, you picked up a couple of wickets quickly, and it put pressure back on. And then that last partnership of 40 between Balkum and Cahill, I think, again, gave Newcastle some real momentum finishing off the innings. I'd agree with that. It really. I, I, I reckon if we get, if we bowl them for one fifty, one fifty-five, I, I honestly think we chase them down. Yeah. Yep. That that that's that's a. I think one. We were talking in commentary about what we thought par was, and perhaps one fifty, one sixty was on given the conditions with a heavy outfield and a very slow pitch. Yeah, you, you never know, do you? Um, well, well, we spoke about wanting to chase. Yeah, one thirty-five to one seventy. Yep. Um, and and Bruce Whitehouse did tell me at some one stage on the boundary that if we didn't get Jeffkin in and out, they were going to get three hundred and ten. Um, <laughs> I think that might be overs a bit. I know you don't mind a punt, but I think that's overs. If if if, if they got three ten, I would have never played again. <laughs> Um, look, I, I first look at Nathan Brown. He's particularly effective on pitches like that because he's he's got, gets a little bit of variable bounce and he moves the ball around a bit, guys. I, I can see why he took wickets in Goulburn in November. Yeah, he's very uh, he's quite skillful. Yeah, dangerous. 
and uh, he's he's got he's got very good control. Executes um, well. Yep. Just that last over, he bowled probably he bowled a little bit too short, um, and then he overcorrected and, and probably got got a little bit too full. But as a whole, he was brilliant in the round games, and he, he was brilliant up until that last over as well in the final. I thought so. So Newcastle ended up 188 of 40, 48.5 overs. Two fists to Luke Doherty, Jared Haddon, Ben Mitchell and Nathan Brown. Um, and Riverina came out and unfortunately couldn't put on uh, runs early and were in fact at one stage 6 for 46. I think there was some, a critical point there, guys, where um, Ambler and Johnson were dismissed very quickly. I had been looking. I haven't seen Ambler bat, but he's uh, not until since Berry actually, uh, which is a few years ago. And I was looking forward to seeing him bat because he was very consistent in Goulburn. But Aiden Carl got a full ball. Uh, Cahill got a four ball through him, picked him up for a gozer, and then Aldis got one from out from um, Aldis got one through Johnson's uh, defensive. Perhaps kept a bit low. And that brought Valeri and, and, and Ferdy to the crease. And the two guys were going along quite nicely. Ben Mitchell play, hit one six that was the most effortless off drive I think I've ever seen in my life. You got that one in the screws, Ferdy. Well, actually, um, you know, I've hit one six in the whole season down here in Albury. Um, I can't hit the ball off the square down here. Uh, but I actually did a fair bit of work with Randall Starr the week leading into that final. Yes. Um, I, I called him early on in the week before and said, look, can we just have a net session because I literally can't hit the thing. I'm getting bowled more than ever and I, I think I know what's going on, but I need you to tell me. Um, and we did a couple of under-10 drills with alignment and a plastic stump and just how I was picking up my bat. And then after about 15 minutes, it was already feeling a whole lot better and and my, my bat swing was back to somewhere where it should have been. And I think, in particular, that off-drive just, just showed that the work I'd done during the week was, well, had the effect that I, I wanted. Randall Starr, a superb cricketer in his own right, let me tell you. I saw him at his absolute peak, and gracious me, he could give him some tap. Um, I thought Adrian Chad, we, we thought that Adrian Chad would be difficult on that pitch. He's just a little bit slower than Nathan Brown, and it turns out that his experience was invaluable. Um, yeah. Fruity got one that looked like, to me, from commentary, held up a bit, and it was caught at cover. And then yeah. Theo Valeria was left with a little bit too much to do. Guys, talk to me about Theo Valeria. I think he's got a lot of ability. I have, haven't seen him play before. And for me, he's got T20 cricket written all over him with the fact he can field, he can bowl, and he gives him some tap. I wouldn't think he's out of place in a New South Wales country shirt at some stage in his future. Would you agree with that, guys? Absolutely, 100%, mate. He's, um, he does all three facets extremely well. Um, and, yeah, I, I, there's no reason why he couldn't put on a, a blue cap, mate. Without... without uh... Without knowing too much about the Newcastle fielding, I would uh, I'd confidently say he was the best fielder that played in that final as well. He probably he probably didn't get to show it off too much, but uh, he moves quicker than anyone to the ball, and his arms better than anyone, except for maybe Young Kale, yeah. um, who's got a bullet for an arm. He does, yeah. But no, Theo's um, yeah, he's a really good cricketer. He does both really well, and then, then he had his fielding. Um, he's actually more known for going harder with the bat than that. So just to, just to show us that he, he had that sort of innings in him as well. Yeah, I, I think 
I think the the more and more cricket they're squeezing into these country carnivals, the fitter the players have to be, and I think Theo fits that mould as well. Yeah. Um, ben, you've played um, uh, with Anthony Kershaw at, at Imparja level, and I, I think that Valeria is a Kershaw-type cricketer because he's multidimensional, he's fit, and he can sustain his fitness. I know you'll support me here that some of the guys were struggling after an intense week of cricket in Canberra in January. For me, Valeri looks like he's got a sustainable action and that it could last over the 10 days. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, Riverina ended up 121. A interesting game of cricket on a, on a, to be fair, a slow pitch. Um, I suppose, in, in retrospect, um, not enough runs by the, made by the top order would be a, fa- a fair and balanced statement, guys. I, I think... Um... I think that there are a couple of stats that tell the tale in the game. Seven Newcastle boys got the double figures. Only four Riverina boys got the double figures. And out of those four, I think one of them was an 11. Correct. And then there were five ducks in the Riverina innings and zero ducks in the Newcastle innings. One of one of the knocks on um, a couple of from uh, just it's been going around a, a, a bit with with whispers is that Newcastle are flat track bullies, and it was something that was a concern to us. Uh, we had a poor tournament a couple of years ago in Berry and Nara. Ben on wickets that I know you know particularly well. Yeah. And um, our blokes wanted to grind it out. And making 188 on that pitch ended up being a, not a bad score. And you're right, there are a lot of double-figure scores. No one got past 33. Theo Valeri's 38 was the top score in the match. But there's a fistful of guys that got above 13, 14, 15 and into the 20s. And in the end, that probably won- that probably got, got Newcastle home. Yeah. I think... Um... I think I think the the Newcastle batsmen came out exactly how we thought they would. They still came out quite hard. Yes, and that's what we wanted. Um, and I think um, the difference between Newcastle and and the, the teams that we played in the round games were at two for twenty or or so. Newcastle changed the way they play. Particularly Jeff, I, I think he went back into his shell a bit when they were two down and, and just batted some time. Um, and yeah, they, they really did grind it out and, and they they changed the way they were playing their cricket to get to a score that they probably thought was quite a comfortable one in the end. Yeah, I think that's fair. The, 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 the run rates for all batsmen, with the exclusion of Borkham and Cahill down the end uh, uh, and Montgomery, uh, are quite... Uh, average scoring rates, but they did grind it out, and that's important. As did yourself and and Valeri, and also Bennett at the top of the order, who looks to me like he's quite a well organised player, uh, Bennett, and um, it was good to watch him play. Got, very young, well. yeah, very young, isn't he? And and I still can't believe that Doc's still an under twenty three. That's that's remarkable. Um, yeah, so no, look, guys, congratulations on making the final. It was great to catch up with you down there and uh, commiserations. It was a pretty tough game of cricket. And, you know, the, I think there's now some separation between a couple of the top sides in the state. I would have to throw the Central Coast into that after they beat us convincingly at Tugra. Um, maybe somewhere down the track, all eight sides can get together and we can test ourselves against one another. That I think that'll be ideal. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, on to CAW this weekend, and it's getting close to the serious end of the season. And I just rushed to run through the, the door. Wodonga's hosting Talangata at the Cheese. 
Corroy, the club of Ben Mitchell and Jared Hatton, are playing New City at Ballpark. Belvoir's got St. Pat's at Kelly Park. East Albury's got Labby at Alexandra Park. And Wodonga Ra- Raiders have got Albury at Biralee Park. Guys, first of all, on to your game at, at, at Ballpark against New City. Uh, at full strength, looking forward to a good game? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, there's no reason, you know, we've worked, we've worked our asses off to get where we are. And, um, you know, obviously... Uh, things have changed down here with with COVID this year. Um, it's it's changed to a top eight, so um, New City can actually technically still make it. Um, so it's not we're not writing tomorrow's game off uh, one bit. Uh, we need to win, um, otherwise we've kind of got to rely on Wodonga beating them next week yep. in the last game, which we have to buy in. So um, yeah, we're we're really looking forward um, to tomorrow, and you know they've got a, a, a batsman by the name of Shive Shake, who's a class bat, has played in the IPL, um, and he's leading the runs by the length of Flemington. Um, he's, yeah, he's class, and I guess they kind of all bat around him, and um, it'll all be about nullifying the way he scores and at, at what rate um, he scores at. So, yeah. Um, so for those who, who aren't from, from CAW, all of your cricket's 50 over one day cricket, isn't it, on Saturdays? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, so the ladder as it stands at the moment from one to eight, as Hat said, it is a final eight. North Albury flying, and in fact, they're going to finish minor premiers, guys. I don't think anyone can stop them from that. And then Albury, Lavi, St. Pat's, East Albury, Corowa, Belvoir and Wodonga. With New City at 45, they're nine points behind Wodonga. Um, if Wodonga win and Corowa win and Belvoir win, uh, basically the final eight is set, gentlemen. Is it 1v8 or is it like the AFL, one, one the top four play each other and the bottom four play each other? No, it's like the old-fashioned NRL. Yeah, okay. So 1v8, 2v7 and so forth? Correct. So we, at the moment, um, if things go to plan, I think we'll play Aubrey in the first round of the finals. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the way I think it's going to map out. Uh, I've got the, the draw in front of me. If With you having the bye last round, that has a, some permutations. But right now, you'd actually be playing Lavi um, because they're third and you're sixth. That's my yep. calculation. So if the draw, if the ladder was to stay as it is, it'd be North Albury hosting Wodonga, Albury hosting Belvoir, Lavi hosting Corowa, and St. Pat's and East Albury, guys. But again, the, the, the defining moment there is that Corowa's got a rest in the last Saturday of the season. So, um, yeah, look, guys, it's it's very interesting season uh, uh, down there. And to, do you think that North, I, I know that they're on top of the ladder. Are they... Uh, if you put a neutral hat on, the clear favourites at this stage in your mind? Or are a couple of the sides in the, in the eight other than Coral are very dangerous? I think yeah. I, I think their form this year, you probably have to have them as a clear favourite. Yes. Pretty, pretty decent out. Very disciplined bowling lineup, mate. Um, you can go through their scores and or not. They give you very little sundries. Um, they bowl stump to stump. Got a couple of quicks that can shoot it through, but they're very, very disciplined. Ring field, um, and then they're batting. Got a bit of, bit of firepower at the top, and then they just, yeah, they they bat well to a plan, and they just know they just know each other's, you know, strengths, and yeah, they're they're a very good outfit. And um, yeah, and is is the whisper around that Ryan Brown will play one of the last two games for Levy? Yep. Um, but yeah, 
I think Lavi are dangerous. Um, North Albury are really dangerous with Condon at the top now. I think without Condon, I probably wouldn't have had them favourites, but with Condon, they are definitely favourites. That's an amazing pickup by then to pick up Matt Condon, having seen Matt play at the Australian Country Cricket Championships last year in Toowoomba. Gracious me, that's a that's a hell of a pickup for the second half of the season. He's just a match winner. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, look, I think the the beauty about cricket down here is anyone can beat anyone on their day. Yep. Except for maybe the bottom two sides. Yep. Um, yeah, look. I know we're, we're sixth, but we're definitely the team that no one will want to play week one of the finals. Good statement. Well, best of luck tomorrow and uh, into the finals. I'll be keeping close eye. We'll have to catch up again and if you guys are keen for a, for a catch-up um, in, in, in the next couple of weeks. My pleasure, uh, Fantastic. Just quickly, Sheffield Shield, New South Wales were in all sorts earlier on today and ended up on the back of a magnificent performance from, first of all, Moses and Reeks, and secondly, Peter Neville. Ended up, they knocked Victoria over for 190 with Harry Conway taking a career best six for 39. And let me tell you guys, Harry Conway is a special dude and very special. New South Wales, seven for 304. Moses and Reeks making 140. And he's actually had a very, very good Sheffield Shield season. And I'm glad to see Peter, ne- Peter Neville make some runs as well, guys. Uh, obviously, firstly, Harry's, I think, those best figures ever. Yes. Um, and then to come out and, you know, with Pattinson, with the new prune, and then obviously young Perry, is it? Um, yep. He's obviously in, in some form at the moment as well. They're, you know, at Bankstown Oval, they're really um, they've grinded their teeth a bit. And, you know, Moses has come out on top and Peter, uh, yeah, he's, he's batted really well too. So they've set him up, they've set him, or the team up for a really, you know, Big day three, so. And on an absolute feather bed at the Adelaide Oval, uh, Travis Head, importantly for New South Wales, making a double century for South Australia. Um, he ended up with 223. Henry Hunt, who's a New South Wales country player, guys, who played quite a bit of cricket for Queanbeyan when he was a young man. Um, 109. Travis Head, 223. And uh, they made 8 for 5, 10 declared the South Australians. And the West Australians are 2 for 153. At stumps with Cameron Bancroft on 90 and Cameron Green on 23. Um, you would find it difficult to believe that they'll get a result given they've had 10 wickets in two days. But it is good to see head making runs for the Australian cause, guys. I watched, I watched some of the highlights uh, this afternoon and that wicket looks like an absolute highway. Agreed. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Look, if, if Travis Head can score 223 off 245. I don't know his exact strike rate. David, you probably do in test cricket, but I'm going to say it's low 40s to mid 40s. I would think that that's right. Um, it must be an absolute highway. Um, against, look, you wouldn't say it's the best shield attack going around, but it's not a bad shield attack, that WA side. Um, but yeah, great signs for Australia. Um there's probably been a lot of conjecture around that spot in the last couple of months. And personally, there's no way I would have Travis Head at six on his test form. But with uh, scores like this, he probably is the man for the job. Yeah, and per- well done, Fruity. His test strike rate's 49.65. So you nailed that one on the head, my friend. However, gentlemen, um, talking of feather beds, anything but in Ahmedabad, 
Guys, I'd love to get your thoughts on a two-day test match in winning in which England made 193 for 20 wickets and India won by 10 wickets just after tea on the second day. Um, ben being, a, those of you that don't know Ben, he's a left-arm finger spinner. And I'd love to get your opinions on the, the entire test match and that wicket, guys. Please go for your life. Please say what you like. Swing very, very hard, David. I, well, I think, um, well, on, firstly, on a personal level, one of my good mates, Zach Crawley, made 50 in the first innings. And after a day and three quarters of cricket, that 50 is probably worth a triple century back home or in Australia. Correct. Um, but, yeah, look, I'm not a big fan of this. Um, I'm a huge fan of challenging Indian spinning wickets. But, um, yeah, this this game was like it was played at Seaford Oval on an unprepared wicket <laughs> after 40 mils of rain. How many overs did the, bowl, the quicks bowl in the game? Okay, so, so Sharma and Boomer bowled 11 in the first innings. A piece or together? No, together. And then Patel and Ch- Ravi Chandran Ashwin bowled 37. Anderson, Broad and Archer, and that's a world-class fast bowling attack, Jared. You'd agree with me there. Anderson, Broad and Archer, 24 overs in their innings. Leach and then Stokes bowled a couple. And then in India's second innings, all the bowling was done by spinners. Patel and Ravi Chandra and Ashwin opened the bowling. So, you know, it it says a lot. I... I'll give an opinion here. I, I just don't see how that... I made a Facebook post tonight on this. I just don't see how that is productive for cricket overall. I understand that you've got to go in India and play in their conditions, but this is pushing the friendship, really. Yeah. I yeah. just... I mean, I watched a lot... Ben, you'll, you'll have something to say here. I watched a lot of Axar Patel's wickets, and I reckon he turns the ball about as much as Stephen O'Keefe. And... Yeah. And yep. he got a lot of his... Some of the shots that were played were poor, but I just don't see how anyone in outside of India thinks that this is a good result for cricket. i got no problems in going to India and playing into the fourth day and getting bowled out by Ashwin yep. and, and Patel. But not like this. This is just crazy. I've got, I've got two opinions on this. First opinion is, after England won the first test, there was a bit of jeopardy around India making the Test Championship final. So that's why we're seeing these absolute Bunsen burners. Agreed. And the reason that they have gone so severe is because if they don't make it, Australia could possibly take the spot. And there's no way the BCCI want that. The other one is, like you said, Axar Patel, he hardly turns it. But the wicket's that bad that he does turn the odd ball. Yes. And then the straight one is always the dangerous one because the straight one hits you on the pad or he stumps. Yeah, I, 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 I still marvel at watching Ravi Chandran Ashwin. He bowled a couple of balls, but he bowled one in that second innings. I think it was Pope who got cleaned up, and it was an absolute seed. Um, and he doesn't need much encouragement. I think the scary thing for the world, for world cricket is that their best left arm spinner is not playing, and the second best all around the world, Jadeja, is still injured after he got wounded in Australia. But um, yeah. uh, it, it's a bit strange that England picked three front-line quicks to play when they would have seen what that pitch was like. But obviously, yeah. obviously, Bess isn't, uh, you know, the, the other guys just aren't right to go. I, it's, it's a strange one. But overall, I just I, I just shake my head a bit, to be honest with you. Do you know, is Bess injured, David, or just oh, did he get dropped? I think he must be because he was bowled so beautifully, Ben. 
Um, like Ali's also gone home. And Mo in Ali's last 10 or 12 tests, he's been a really good cricketer. And um, he's got 200 test wickets. I just I find it bizarre that with what they've done. It's almost like they've decided to sacrifice tests uh, test now to get everybody right to go when they go back to England. And I don't think that's the point. I think if you're going to go and play, why not go to England, India, and have a red-hot dip if you get beat? Fair enough. But they should be playing their best side against them. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not too sure what Mason Crane is doing with himself or how he's bowling, but the Mason Crane that came out and dominated uh, Sydney Grade cricket would be very handy over there at the moment. Ben, did you play against him in Sydney Grade? No, I didn't, but I spent a bit of time in and around with him at Hampshire. Um, He's a very good bowler. Yes, he is, and he also um, played very well for New South Wales when he was here as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got a baggy blue. He did indeed. I suppose, guys, you'll remember very well when you were a little bit younger, Michael Clark taking six for nine on a Bunsen bender in Mumbai. Uh, Similar here, although a couple of the balls that Joe Root bowled were absolutely unplayable. He bowled bowled one of them. Was it Pant? No, it was Sundar with an absolute seed. And, yeah, but I suppose that goes to show that a bloke who is really a part-timer can take five for eight. Sort of shows you where we're at, I think. It was yeah. nice to see him come back crashing down to earth with, uh, in the second innings, though, when India killed them off quite quickly. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Mind you, Ro- Rohit Sharma in a short short run chase is probably not who you want to run into. Um, no. I, must, I might add, Pat Darwin speaks very highly of Rohit Sharma, says he's a great, a great human being. Got, yeah, he does. He was over there on a tour and said that Sharma was an absolute gentleman and just a terrific human being, a lovely bloke. To, um, spoke to spoke to the guys at length, and he was a, ter- a terrific man, actually, re- top level. So, and Pat Darwin's a good man too. He's an alpha, so for him to say That's something like that, yeah, yeah, Paddy Darwin is a good man. I don't know if Paddy Darwin will know this, but I've heard a rumor that Indian changed all of their fitness requirements to allow Rohit Sharma to play Test cricket. Well, that's a very interesting question. I would suggest to you that there's someone else that might get thrown into that boot at some stage, which is Rissab Pant. After the sh- after the sledge that Matthew Wade gave him in the last Test series, I might add that after Wade chipped him, he's gone and made about 700 runs undefeated. But anyway, well, yeah, I don't I don't think you need to be supremely fit to be good at cricket. I think you need to be good at cricket to be good at cricket. But yeah, that's not where the game's headed at the moment. No, it's not. You're right. And I think that the lack of fitness might have cost Yuvraj Sharma a lot of test cricket, as an example, Ben. He yeah. en- he ended up putting a little bit of weight on, and I don't think it helped him in his cricket at all. And it certainly didn't help someone like Mark Cosgroves, who's probably the most extreme example. I, I still I watch him on Facebook at the moment. You just shake your head at the talent. He's playing cricket in Adelaide, and he whacks them all over the place. He's a bit too good for him. But yeah, he is. Yeah. He is unbelievable. Guys, just be, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about tonight in, 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 in relation to cricket, guys? Um, no, I don't, I don't think so, David. To one, you, you wouldn't have been happy with Randy Peets coming from the dead beating Sydney in the final on the weekend, Benjamin? Yeah, it was, it was pretty disappointing. Um, I followed the scores pretty intently when I wasn't on the field in Goulburn. And, um, I think... The last time I checked the scores for a long period of time, Sydney were none for 60 or none for 70 off seven or eight overs with Ryan Felsch 
going bananas like he always does. Um, but, yeah, really disappointing for the boys. Yeah, I, I haven't spoken to them too much. Um, I spoke to the likes of Bo McClintock after the semi-final. Uh, yep. He scored a match-winning 100. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure the boys would have been hurting because, yeah, we're, they're pretty pretty proud bunch at the moment with the white ball cricket and how we've gone over the last three or four years. Yes. But Randy Peets deserve it. They must have played well. They must have bowled really well. Absolutely. I watched the highlights of Menendi's Hattie and the last bloke dismissed was Caelan Malladay who, like you two gentlemen, has worn a baggy blue for New South Wales country and a, another very nice young bloke. He's a good fellow, Caelan Malladay. Yeah, isn't Harry Menendi giving my cricket, uh, my cricket some ammo at the moment? Uh, yeah. To win the national championship, Patrick's in finals. He is indeed. He is indeed. He looks like Barney Rubble. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you couldn't resist. Guys, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I hope that we can... No, not I hope. We will do this again if you're available in the next couple of weeks. I'd love to catch up and go through cricket, particularly as hopefully as Cora will go deep and CAW will keep in touch. But look, thank you on behalf of all of us. Thank you so much for your time. It's been really enjoyable talking cricket with you. And thank you so much, both of you. Well, I've actually bought a new apron, David. The next one, I want to be on Redden's Kitchen. Done deal, Benjamin. We'll look forward to doing that. Um, Jared, thank you so much for your time as well, my friend. Thank you a lot, David. It's been a pleasure. Good on you guys. That's been Jared. Sorry, mate, you were going to say? Take care, mate. I will. You too, fellas. On behalf of Ben Mitchell, Jared Hatton, this is David Redden. That's been the first Fruity Hats and Big Man podcast. We look forward to bringing you more very soon. On behalf of the guys, good evening, everyone.